welcome everyone to this week's episode of Holistic Conversations with Vicky and Bron. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast is all about how you can learn to live well, be healthy, have gorgeous skin inside and out, and really thrive as you get older. By sharing our knowledge through real life experiences in our holistic beauty practices using natural therapies as well as high-tech science know-how, we will impart behind-the-scenes how-tos on how you get the most out of your day to live with vitality. So welcome back to uh, Vicky and Bronnie's Holistic Conversations. And today we are going to talk about food. Yahoo! We all love food. Yahoo! We certainly do. Food and hydration. Usually usually too much. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) So, Bronnie, what do you, what's kind of your routine for the morning as far as food? What kind of food do you have? Because we all say, oh, we eat pretty good. But um, then once you start breaking it down, it's like, what exactly does good mean? Yeah, what's a balanced lifestyle or balanced diet? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it was about. Um, I thought I always, I've always had reasonably healthy diet, um, and when I say that, you know, the balanced food groups. But it was about four years ago. Um, my best friend Denise got breast cancer, and she started asking me more questions, things that I, I thought she would would have known about diet and lifestyle. And I realised kind of when I was talking to her that. Most people eat too much carbohydrates, in my opinion. Mm. And I've never really been one to eat a lot of refined foods. I've always eaten a lot of whole foods. But when I was really looking at that carbohydrates, I realised that even, you know, from my muesli to having the sandwich during the day and then having suds at night or whatever, that I was eating a real a lot. So kind of around that time, trying to encourage her to eat healthy, I started... Um, changing my diet up a bit and I made up a kind of what I call a no grain muesli yeah so it doesn't have it doesn't have any grains um like oats or anything in it especially no wheat and it's kind of made up of um black chia seeds and pumpkin seeds sunflower seeds and all the nut berry varieties and and then I add coconut oil and cacao coconut nectar to sweeten it and then I grill it and I'll have, um, on top of that, I'll make a kind of a smoothie bowl, and which is basically um, berries and, again, more cacao, maybe maca, but I've run out, so I haven't been putting that in lately. Um, uh, uh, milk powder, which I don't eat, I don't eat dairy, so I have um, coconut, again, or almond, um, and then my flaxseed oil. Oh, yeah, good. And then I might... Yeah, I might um, early that all up so it's still kind of a, a thick consistency that I um, put my muesli on top and then on top of that I have a, a yogurt, um, coconut yogurt, which is all full of pre, pre-abotics. Um, and and amigas. I've never been a – yeah, and I've never been someone to have, um, you know, do something kind of the same because I'd get bored. But my breakfast I absolutely love. And most days I, I crave for it if I don't have it. It's just um, really satisfying and it's just really yummy and it's just so healthy. And so it's got all the good stuff for your skin, all the good stuff for your brain, all the good stuff for hormones, um, 
you know, at that lifestyle where we're going through that change. Mm. And it, now and again, if I've done a lot of exercise, I might get hungry about 11 and I'll have like a um, bliss ball. Um, Do you make your own bliss balls? Very rarely. <laughs> <laughs> if I have a lot of time, maybe. But I've found a good brand that I buy, so I just kind of usually have them in the house. Yeah. And um, that's at 11 o'clock when I have my coffee. Nice. So and, if we um, go into your breakfast, because I think it's valuable for um, people listening to go through why you feel like you're satisfied after your breakfast, because it's actually quite well balanced from a protein, carbs and fats side of things. And it's quite often the healthy fats and protein that make it and the fiber that makes you feel full and so that you're not, not getting hungry until 11 o'clock. So what yeah. have you got in there again? You've got chia seed, which is really good protein and fiber. Yep, I've got um, oh, the black cacao. Um, I used to put um, quinoa in there, but I don't because it's kind of quite high well, kind of, and yeah. I, I don't think I need it. Yeah. Um, so cacao, cacao's got uh, lots of antioxidants, so that's yep. a really good, um, you know, it's good to have antioxidants in the morning to keep you going and... Whatever brain fuel and all that. Yep. Um, I've got uh, coconut oil. Coconut oil is really good omega threes. I've got flaxseed oil. Flaxseed. Actually, something interesting I found out about flaxseed a while ago uh, is that if you tend to have um, what do you call it, fibrous breast tissue. So I know this because I have this. Yeah. <laughs> That I used uh, yes. to go for mammograms and they'd go, oh, my goodness, you need an ultrasound. We've found some lumps. And then they'd do the scanner thing and they'd go, oh, it's like Swiss cheese, but they're all good. So that's kind of <laughs> fibrous tissue. Yeah. A flaxseed yeah. oil is actually really important for the health of that yeah. breast tissue. Yeah. 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 And did you know coffee's actually bad for that? Yes. Yeah. And... Um, as you go through menopause, one of the advantages of going through menopause is those cysts will decrease. Yes. And sometimes you find those cysts, well, I, certainly for me, uh, if I was getting my period, so it usually used to come like from ovulation to the time of a period, I would find that I'd get quite cystic, you know, like I'd be able to feel lumps. And then as soon as I got my period, they would go. So as long as you are doing your breast ex self-examinations, you kind of know where the lumps and bumps are and what's normal and what's staying month after month, obviously then go get checked. Yeah. Oh, okay. How did we get onto that? I'm I know, flaxseed. <laughs> I just had to, I had to bring that in about flaxseed because if you don't know and you do get um, fibrous cysts and you're sick of going for mammograms and them telling you you need surgery and all this stuff it's like try flaxseed first obviously if it's not you know if it's just a new thing but loads of flaxseed oil and as you say not, not co no coffee <laughs> don't know if i can and do no coffee is, yeah exactly it's kind of everything in moderation yeah. and like we're um we're gonna have a session down the track about intermittent intermittent fasting and that's actually very good for that kind of thing as well Yes, yes, because it gets we'll, your we'll sirtuins. Yeah, we will talk about that later because that's a big topic. Yeah. Uh, so. And then maca, you mentioned maca. Apart from, oh. I know you're not doing it at the moment, but maca. So maca is really Only good. Because I ran out. Exactly, and you can't you can't get it at the moment. So it's really good for hormones and energy. So sustained energy. What's the? Uh, they call it something like. It smells like horse manure. <laughs> 
yeah, it tastes quite uh, earthy. Earthy. It's, it's a nice taste, I think. It's kind yeah. of um, almost yeasty, I suppose. Yeah. It's actually very grounding from a Chinese medicine perspective. Mm. It's very, oh, it is. Yeah, very grounding, stabilizing. So if you're feeling a little bit like, oh, you know, a bit spaced out or, yeah, or so overwhelmed, yeah, overwhelmed, yeah. then it's really good for that kind of settling um, side yeah. of things and hormones. And a lot of these... A lot of these things can taste crap on their own, but when when you put them in a smoothie or a small smoothie bowl, yes, they actually become quite quite yummy. Yeah, exactly. Um, awesome. Yeah, so that's that's what I do, and um, as I say, it's really good for your skin. It's, yeah. Um, as as you get older, I've noticed my skin is a lot drier for me. Mm. But we were, we talked about this when we covered um, our routines, but it's it's still pretty good like most people go oh my god lovely soft skin and i'm thinking oh crikey it feels like yeah it's more more right? dry than your normal my normal yeah um but by nourishing our skin internally obviously we're gonna it's gonna shine through on the outside yes very very important with our omegas and our coconut oils and um all yep. our good fats yeah fats are really important for yeah. the skin because it helps hold that hydration and moisture part of the skin yeah so that's what gives it the plump. Yeah, and uh, I mean it's great for our brain, great for everything, really. So what can mm. we say? It's mm. even for even for weight, which people would find hard to believe. It's really yeah. good to have a, a healthy uh, fat if you're trying to stabilize your your weight. Yep, because it stabilizes blood sugar too. So you're not going to have your spikes, so your highs yep. and lows, and so then that stops the cravings as well. So then you have a coffee at morning tea, and then lunchtime. What would you have? Rough lunchtime. I would. I would I would normally, winter I usually have um, scrambled eggs and salmon. Yum. Or poached eggs. Um, might have a leftover dinner or I'll have a salad in the summer, but not so much in the winter. I don't so much have salads because, you know, um, I kind of do believe in eating for the season. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah, they do say in Chinese medicine that you should, you know, it's like yin and yang. So we should eat for the season. So eating what's in season, but also for the hot and the cold so that mm. your body can, you know, in, in wintertime you feel like warmer things and a little bit more stodgier because you've got to uh, sustain and nourish and almost fuel up for the summertime when you're running around a bit more <laughs> and you have lighter yeah. foods like salads and that type of thing. Yeah, or I might have soup as well, something that will um, keep me warm. Yeah. You, you normally crave those kind of real hearty dishes, don't you, in the yeah. winter? Exactly. Uh, yeah, so... Then do you snack might, much? Do you snack much during the day? Have, not really. It's usually enough, but if I'm extra hungry, I probably have nuts or I might have some fruit along with, with, with my lunch, but... Yeah. No, not normally. No. And then what time do you have dinner? When I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Which is normally uh, normally about six anything from six till seven. Yeah. So I eat quite early usually. Mm. Um, I'm one of these people that if I haven't eaten by then, if I'm going out on the weekend or something, oh, I might get pretty but hangry. Hungry. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be craving. I'll just be ordering food. Yeah. I'll just be kind of like, don't talk to me until I've had some food because yeah. I'm one of those people that. I need to eat, but I do eat really well. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, what about hydration? Do you, what do you drink during the day? Do you? Oh, right. So I will. I'll have um, a liter of bottled 
once or twice a day. Yep. Um, I, I do find it easier to drink in the summer, I have to admit, water. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll still drink at least probably a litre and a half a day. Yeah. Um, but what I do add to it is something called CMD drops, which oh, is concentrated, right. yeah. concentrated mineral drops. And um, basically, you know how sometimes, and I think it's more if you're been exercising a lot, but also if you're a lot of um, menopausal women go through it, they feel thirsty all the time. Mm. Yeah. By, by adding those drops into my water, it stops that. And when I notice it with client's skin, they can quite often look dehydrated, even though they're drinking a lot of water and doing all the right things. And usually that's the answer. There's some kind of mineral deficiency. Well, it might be. I think with yeah, it might, and all that. it might be like electrolytes, you know, so your potassium yeah. and your sodium balance changes a little bit with gut health. If your gut health has yeah. been affected by hormonal changes. So that yeah. could really be a good solution. Yeah, so that's it's kind of like if you if you had to have say someone would tell you to have a um, a beef broth mm. with all the minerals and calcium, you know, calcium, um, calcium and all that that that's added to that. This is kind of like that, you know, like a substitute of that. Yeah, but you don't have to make one. So yeah, it's really good. Um, in fact, I was doing um, I quite often do experimenting diets because I have. Um, Again, going back to the, the talk of when my girlfriend got sick. And from then, I from the stress, I developed all these allergies, which I thought were allergies mm. to, food, to foods. Um, but suddenly, it was kind of like, because dairy, I know I'm not good on dairy. Being a, a post-asthmatic, it's not good anyway. Yeah. Um, and, and I know wheat, I know wheat's not that good. You know, like a lot of Makes people you can flimmy. eat more. Yeah. And it's just... A lot of these things just stay in your gut and, and, and they're not, not they don't help your body being efficient, put it that way. Yeah. So um, I thought I was I was getting worse in my allergies to these products um, because with dairy, I, I wouldn't say I'm allergic to them, but I'd say I'm better off without them. Yeah. But I was, I was finding um, it got to the stage where, I don't know if I've ever showed you the photos, but I'd wake up and my eyes were swollen and then it got to the stage where I'd have welts up my neck. Oh. And when one stage I got so bad that I almost had anaphylactic. It was, my throat was swelling up mm. and it was like really, really bad. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to be one of these people that have developed these allergies and like maybe me. I've made my body, <laughs> yeah, maybe I've made my body too clean or what's going on. And I knew it was the stress because, um, I managed to wing myself back to kind of um, be okay. And then it happened again when my dad got sick. So it was just mm. complete stress. But then, um, so dad got sick and died two years ago within a very short space of time. So I had, I had a lot of stress. And But when I got, um, I came out the other side and I looked back, I was thinking, all of a sudden I started developing it again. And um, I was like, what the hell? And it's it's quite embarrassing too as a as a health practitioner because sometimes it's really hard to diagnose yourself because you're 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 trying you're to, too far um, in it you're too far in it aren't you yeah. you can't look objectively yeah and you're also kind of trying to get out of your head because you're you know you're diagnosing everyone else and and well especially when it's stressed sudden, because then you get stressed about the fact that you can't figure it out and then you increases your yeah. stress <laughs> and what I realized all of a sudden was hold on a minute look look at this um 
practically. And what I realized was because I was actually going through that hormonal fluctuation, mm. that it, I had too much histamine in my body. Yeah. And so, of course, with things like food will trigger it. Things mm. like stress would trigger it. So it was like my recept- and also being when you look at, say, if I looked at myself as a subject, which I had to, someone with asthma is more likely to have these reactive receptors. Um, what are they called? Um, so it is a receptor the, site that you become yeah. a lot more, you, you just have higher levels of histamine. So yeah. your tolerance for stress mm. is just heightened. So it doesn't take much stress for everything to overreact, which is obviously that histamine re- response. Yeah, and it was quite interesting because I remember my doctor, she, um, she's just retired, but she's uh, um, she was a naturopath as well. And so quite often I would go to her and I'd say, blah, 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 this is what I think. And, and she'd say, okay, and I'd say, how long are you going to give me? You know, like if it was one of my kids or myself, if, if we went well. And she would have to obviously have the tools to, to kind of um, check my blood pressure and check my bloods and all that. And um, oh, she said to me, oh, you're a sensitive soul. <laughs> and I remember, what, remember walking away thinking, what? <laughs> kind of like she's, tell, she's saying that I'm a hypochondriac. What's she trying to say? But, but then I realised, because she was then another conversation, she was saying how she is too. The sensitive um, soul terminology that she was saying was because I'm so in tune with my body, I would feel it. Mm. I would feel when something's out of whack really easily. And and, and I guess when you think of um, asthma in me or some skin reaction, it's because my body straight away will react because I know that something is out of out of whack, whereas a lot of people will, you know, they're almost dead and they don't feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really good also to note the connection between asthma and lungs how we breathe but also to our nervous system so that's that stress response so if you think about once you start to feel stressed you actually start breathing from the top part of your lungs so you kind of shorten your breath which if you've been prone to asthma like obviously you were um you start not if you like ventilating (laughs) properly so you're not using your bronchial tubes as much so you're not inhaling and exhaling stuff so you're not you know breathing in we call it so in Chinese medicine they you're not digesting life (laughs) well you're not breathing in to life and you're not you know breathing out toxins kind of thing yeah and I mean I've done a lot of study on asthma as you know because my my whole background that's that's another subject altogether but um it's kind of how can you how can you let in new oxygen when you when you can't even get that stagnated air out, you know, like everything's yes. all tight and blocked up, and it's so anxious. I mean, it feels like you've got a blooming elephant sitting on your chest. So that's right. You know, it's all very well a doctor saying relax, whereas it physically can't. You know, it's just mm. oh, asthma yep. is one of those those hard things. But so yep. yeah, um, and that that's the reason why I'm off dairy. It's not the so, so would you have more anti-inflammatory foods in your diet naturally anyway, just because you're prone to high histamines, if you like, like me? Yeah, funny enough, I crave them. Mm. And I was really, really peeved off, if I can say that, about when I found out spinach was a um, natural high in histamine because I love spinach and that's kind of one of those real greens that make you feel really satisfied, you know what mm. I mean? And, 
you can't really eat lettuce leaves, can you, when you're um, in, the, in the winter? It's just not the same. It doesn't feel the same. Although when you cook spinach, you know, like if you wilt it, say with yeah. your poached eggs on toast, does it lose its inflammatory, you know, qualities? Yeah, mm. I guess. I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I was just, like, really annoyed. I kind of had to get over that one. But, uh, of course, now, now that um, when things are, I mean, that's just when when my levels when you, go up and down yeah. from hormones now. I've got everything else under control. Yeah. Hormones we can't quite quite control as much as we want to. Well, they're going to deplete, um, aren't they? So there's there's a limit. To, you can get to your balance with depleted estrogen uh, and just keep everything else balanced with food. So you, do you focus on any foods for that, partic- apart from obviously f- good fats and maca? For hormones you t- you're talking about or you're talking about? For- yeah, yep. Um, I guess just making sure I have heaps of omegas. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, just keeping my, my vitamins and minerals up. But um, And thinking th- sure of things I'm... like, you know, tryptophan foods like um, oysters, <laughs> as, if, as if you're going to have lots of those, uh, walnuts, <laughs> those kind of oh, foods. Walnuts, naturally. Yeah. Um, I, tend, I tend to, I'm not a vegan, but my daughter is. So even though I eat meat, I tend to eat a lot of vegan meals. Mm. And so I tend to rather than making a, a sauce out of a flour, I'll make it out of a nut. Yes. So I use a lot of ca- cashew nuts Cashews. and walnuts. Yeah. Um, so heaps and heaps of, of that kind of stuff, olive oil. Um, I mentioned flaxseed oil. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, oil. so, yeah, I don't really eat refined foods. Yeah, you make stuff from scratch, apart from like, and then say like your bliss balls, you would get, um, from a you know when you've got those five ingredients or less kind of brands yeah yeah they're all a good they've just got um, Himalayan salt dates cacao peanut butter yeah uh, I think that's it so you're basically making sure so when we look at that and dissect it a bit so that people can kind of copy <laughs> what you're doing <laughs> so you're yeah. looking at proteins because particularly as a woman over 40, we need to get make sure we're getting enough protein so that our muscles are rebuilding and it also slows down that estrogen depleting. So 25 yeah. grams of protein per meal kind of thing. Yeah, so it's about about 125 grams of protein per meal, isn't it? I yeah, I just kind of go 20, yeah. So oh, do you actually work it out? I work it out, but only in my smoothies so that I've got the right amount of protein. Then the rest of the time I kind of do the third, third, third because in my head that's just easier. So I kind of go, oh, a third is protein, a third is good fats, and then a third can be carbohydrates, but carbohydrates I just make sure it's not at nighttime, starchy carbs. But I tend to have that more at lunchtime. Um, or... And then it's like, and leafy greens, because they're still carbohydrates and vegetables and all that kind of stuff. So you can have huge right. plate of vegetables and that's your carbs, fiber. And then, you know, you've got olive oil and seeds and stuff in there, which is a bit of protein and oils or your fats. So what's your morning? My mornings, I do ex- the same thing every day. <laughs> so it's a little bit boring, but it's again, because I like to stay on track. 
So, and I find if nothing else, if I can tick off the breakfast the same as, then I've, I've got a good balance to kind of start the day on and then I'm not hungry and then I don't get hangry. <laughs> um, so I have a green smoothie. So that's a little bit like your um, breakfast. So smoothie bowl. Yeah. So I either use coconut water, which is, of course, it's got electrolytes in it, or I'll just use plain filtered water or I might use like an almond milk or something if it's winter time I tend to use more of the oat milks or almond milks kind of thing summertime not and then I usually put in I do use a protein powder so a collagen protein powder um so I use whey because I'm allergic to soy so but but you can use a combo of plant proteins sometimes I use a pea protein base uh then I use uh, chia seeds. I use a fiber product because I like to add a bit more fiber in the morning just to keep everything regular. Uh, and also it's good for your gut health because that's part of your prebiotic, you know, it feeds you good bacteria. So it keeps that gut health really functioning. Um, what else do I put in? Cacao, same as you. Maca, same as you. Uh, then I put my whole food. So I, whatever's in season, but so like at the moment being winter, it's been celery, blueberries. Um, I put some frozen fruit in if I can't, you know, find it. So at the moment it's passion fruit. That's quite nice. Um, then when I, oh, I put some tahini in, which is my sesame seeds. So I use whole sesame or tahini. And then what else am I putting in? A little bit of kefir, coconut kefir. So it makes it kind of thick, but it's not too thick that I can't drink it from a glass. And because I've got celery in there as well, it's enough to make it a little bit more liquidy. So I use a cup of water and then all that food. Uh, And then that keeps me going till 11-ish. Sometimes if I'm really booked with clients, I don't have time to eat until like one or two. So it's enough that I can just maybe grab a handful of nuts in between if I can't grab, so I would normally have a coffee too at 11. But if I, I don't, if I don't have time, then I can just grab a couple of nuts and seeds and stuff and it will keep going to about 1.30. And do you have that straight away when you get up or do you wait a while? Uh, so first thing in the morning, I have lemon juice and water, hot water, and then I usually go exercise. And then when I come back, I have my smoothie. So I have it within half an hour of finishing my exercise so that I'm getting protein in straight away. Otherwise I get really hungry and then I'll shower and do all that kind of jazz. Um, And and that's when I would take my supplements for the morning. Uh, And then water, I normally drink just plain water. So again, I'm like you in the summertime, I drink a whole lot more. So I'd probably go through about two and a half liters winter time. It's probably a struggle to get to two liters, but it's not far off but I will have a lot of hot waters. So instead of having teas and coffees and stuff, I just boil the kettle because it's like, I just need to go have a break and put the kettle on. (laughs) But then I'm like, I don't really actually feel like anything. So I have just hot water or I might put a slice of lemon or a slice of lime or something in it. And that's about it. Sometimes I have kefir in the afternoon if I feel like something sweet or a herbal tea. Okay. Yeah, I have a lot of herbal teas, especially if I'm cold. Yeah, same. So licorice root extract's my favourite. Mm. Um, and there's actually a really nice one that I use, which is licorice root and peppermint. Okay. Have you tried that? Ah, funny. Well, no, but I have both of them. And licorice root's um, 
very good for um, balancing your sugar, mm, isn't it? And, yes. Um, very good for uh, hormones and also constipation, isn't it? Oh, I don't have a problem with constipation, but it probably no. is. <laughs> yeah. That's probably and why. peppermint. Peppermint is also good for digestive system and yeah. it's a stimulant. Yep. Uplifting. Yep. You're getting a bit of um, afternoon, you know, sluggishness or fatigue. Yeah. Yeah, but it's you wouldn't have peppermint um, tea at night time if you have trouble sleeping. No. Although sometimes for people who get, like if you're not eating well at night or you eat too late it's quite good to have a peppermint tea oh, before you go to bed for di- from that digestion side of things yeah it will calm down your tummy that's true yeah if you're getting a bit bloated uh, and yuck yeah so what do you have for lunch lunch for me varies i'm actually really bad at lunch <laughs> as in i'm so because you're busy I, yeah because i'm busy i try to just have leftover dinners because then i can just heat it and um eat so it's usually leftover dinner or i'll have poached eggs and spinach or whatever or i'll have salad and a wrap but i always try and have protein so like today i had tuna with salad and a wrap uh, with avocado and yeah i just try and keep it salad based even in winter but it definitely i'm definitely better on hot foods in winter and cold foods in summer and I think lots of people are, but I, I do think that, you know, Ayurvedically, I think that's how my body system works better. Yeah. I just get more energy from that. I mean, it makes, it makes sense to eat for the season because uh, nature has provided those vitamins that you need for that month mm. because, that you know, that's what's naturally is being produced in, in our season, you know what I mean? So it doesn't yep. make sense to me to get strawberries sent from America from their summer to our winter, just because they've got vitamins in them. I mean, exactly. Much, and, be- much better off to have something that's in the season. So if you look at winter, you've got a lot more like mandarins and oranges and stuff like that that are in season. And if you think about it, you need more vitamin C for your immune system. So it kind of makes sense. Mm. I was I was always so amazed in studies when we did herbalism and the tutor took us around the garden because it was at, at Well Park. You know, yeah, well same Park as me. Open. Yep. And um, they'd show us, a, you know, a leaf of a tree and they'd say, okay, have a look at this leaf. What does it look like? And you'd go, oh, wow, it actually looks like the heart or it looks like the liver. And that was what the actual blooming leaf is for. The, exactly. It was just, mother Nature, it's just amazing, isn't it? When you start looking at foods like that, like if, if you look at a walnut, when you look at the – Walnut. Oh, so look- brain. Exactly. So it's a really good brain food. So and you break it open, and, and just the skull, you know, the shell is the skull. It's just like, oh my god, uh, <laughs> you know, like I, I did that not long ago to my kids, and they're looking at me like, oh, here she goes again. <laughs> yeah, and kidney beans. <laughs> oh well, hello, they look like a kidney, <laughs> so smooth and visceral, and yeah. So that's a good clue if you're not sure what organ uh, it should be supporting. It's just absolutely incredible, isn't it? Yeah. It just blows me away. So, you know, getting back to, you know, talking about oranges and mandarins and they're vibrant like the sun because that's what we crave in the wintertime and they're full of vitamin C and, you know, flavonoids and everything that we need to to keep our immunity in check. And also, too, if you look at the skin, so you know how an orange, for example, is really holy. So 
that's obviously got lots of vitamin C in it, but also that's really good if you've got an oily skin. So if you look at the texture of an orange, can look like the texture of uh, an overly oily skin or pubescent, or sometimes mm. at hormonal changes, you can get that open poured look, which isn't always oil, but because it can be hyaluronic acid or you know hydration, mm. but um, more vitamin C because it promotes that collagen renewal, but also healing for your skin. Mm. So it's quite amazing yeah. when you look at food from a healing perspective. You, you, you can just imagine um, Mother Nature, if, you know, if you can refer to Mother Nature as a spirit or whatever, looking at the human race and going, oh, my God, they've lost it. I'm giving them the signs and they're being so stupid. Exactly. <laughs> like, can't they tell? <laughs> <laughs> How dumb are these people? Exactly. Even animals eat, eat the right foods for what they need, you know. But we we just get so out of out of way, out of sync. Yeah, out of sync with our body with all the stress, and we just um, go 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 and all that. Um, I mean, that's another topic we're going to talk about: how to get us back into balance and what to do. But um, going back to foods. Um, so what do you have at night? So at night, I eat very traditional. Actually, I probably have a bit more of a Mediterranean night time routine. So I, and it's sometimes it's a bit lazy. So no. <laughs> it's kind of whatever's easy. What's the least amount of effort for the biggest amount of buck kind of thing? What's going to give me the biggest return? So it's basically roasted um, vegetables like pumpkin, a sweet potato or kumara. Uh, you know, those kind of root vegetables I will always roast because then I can use either coconut oil or the olive oil type thing when I'm roasting. Um, and I might sometimes roast my vegetables like cauliflower or broccoli and carrots in the same pan. So it's all done at once. <laughs> and then we do have meat. So normally it would be organic chicken, but then I try and vary it between. We do have red meat probably twice a week. And uh, then I would have fish once a week. Right. And so then do you put like all your natural uh, olive oils on top of your veggies or you actually cook with olive oil because I cook. I don't really tend to, yeah, I don't tend to cook with olive oil because it's actually not good if it's, um, it's too hot. Yes. So if I'm baking, I will cook with olive oil, but if I'm, fr if I'm using it like in a wok, then I'll use coconut oh. oil because of that heating side of things yeah because um, i think that's important for people to realize that yeah. because a lot of people don't know that right and much better to have those types of oils than canola oil or safflower oil because they're usually very processed so um unless you can get an unprocessed one but you know flaxseed oil is fine pumpkin seeds are fine but a lot, of, a lot of them are too strong a, a taste, taste to, you know, they'll dom dominate the food. Yeah, um, exactly. But what, what's, your, what's your theory with um, cooking with butter? Um, you know what? It's, you know, I've changed, I guess, over the years because you do need a bit of fats. I'm not a big fan of cooking with butter, but some things I will cook with butter. Like, I'm just trying to think what I would cook with butter. Um, if you make a cheese sauce. Yes, I don't actually have, oh, because yeah. I don't really have sauces. I use spices a lot with my meat. So I will normally do like a, so again, it will be spices and olive oil. And then I might rub my whatever meat I'm using. And then I will 
you know, bake, you know, uh, fry it. So not fry, but, you know, do yeah. it in the pan. Well, that, that's, herbs are another great way of getting vitamins and yeah. um, minerals into the diet as well, not to mention taste. So, yeah, and again, anti-inflammatory. Um, I know when you cook, yeah. it's a little bit different, but um, yeah. And then just green, uh, green. So I always do green beans or broccoli and carrots and then whatever's in season. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know how I was talking before about uh, high histamine. I can almost feel it. I can feel it coming on now. Well, usually. And so, um, speaking of anti-inflammatories, um, I usually naturally will add turmeric or something, mm, or, yep. or crave it if I if I need something more. Yeah, um, exactly. But tomatoes are another high histamine yep. food, so I've got to be careful there. Yeah, so I um, will do a salad at night time as well, but quite often in winter time I don't do I'll do a hot salad. So I might do a roast vegetable salad with and I do use spinach because <laughs> it's easy, because yeah. I can just yeah. turn it. Um or kale sometimes and I, and sometimes yeah. I'll use rocket and a salad salad leaves. Kind I've of got thing. old broccoli. I love broccoli and I love cauliflower and they're really good. I think as you get older as a woman, because they're really good for liver detoxing and it's really important to keep your liver clean because one metabolism, two is energy and three is you're not having such a congested um, estrogen, you know, because as your estrogen depletes yeah. with stress, it actually stays in the liver a little bit more. Or doesn't yeah, it broken exactly. down. Um, so what's your theory on, like, your carbs with, with your root veggies? Um, I used to love my carbs, but I've really tried to um, have, narrow them down. Yeah. To try. I find that for women, and definitely for me, um, potatoes aren't great, but if it's like a sweet potato or a pumpkin, then it's fine. And if I roast it as opposed to, say, like a mash or like I would never boil it anyway, but um, I don't know how else you have. I just normally roast it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then at least it's got, I think it infuses all those fats and it just kind of changes. It sort of caramel, caramelizes everything too. And I do cook with onions and garlic a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I do think it's okay, but you just got to watch quantity. So nothing yeah. bigger than the palm of your hand is my rule of thumb <laughs> for carbs at night. But I will quite often cook a lot because I have it for lunch the next day. Yeah, and I, I find, um, speaking of, of carbs or rooty veggies, and if I'm eating a vegan meal, I will quite often do things like um, mash up pumpkin. Yes. And use that in the base of my stew mm. because I don't have the I don't have the meat in there. So it's yes. kind of like that substance. And I find that really good. And so I guess it's important for people to to note that, you know, it create the what am I trying to say? Create the meal around the protein factor, like we we're talking about yes. at the beginning. And what what's in their meal for that particular time. Like, you know, it's all very well saying don't eat much root vegetables, but if you're not having meat then you probably need a lot more carbs or at least a pro vegetable protein. A vegetable protein. And you need like your lentils and your beans and all those kind of things to get your protein and soaking things like chickpeas and things so that they mm. break down the casings. It's good for your gut health and you can use all the energy. 
It's actually very yeah. good for blood sugars, mm. but you've got to soak stuff. Yeah, um, especially all your legumes and, and stuff. Yes. Um, to make them obviously much more um, absorbed in the body, but also to leach out toxins as well. Exactly. I mean, again, good reason why to buy organic. Mm. Yeah, so I'll probably at night time have a herbal tea or I might have a uh, natural cocoa, you know, chocolate, hot chocolate or something like that. Yeah, I will have a herbal tea if I'm being good. If I'm being bad, I'll have chocolate. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're talk we're talking about chocolate. But, um, yeah, good old chocolate. I'm <laughs> trying to eat, not eat dairy-based um, chocolate. And I quite often make my own chocolate. Yeah, you were saying, but, which sounds like such a good idea. I think I'm just a bit lazy. Mm. Although I don't feel like I need it until like like at the, at the time. So like 10 o'clock at night. Like what, yeah. yeah. No, and no. then you know what? I really actually should be going to bed rather. I think it's yeah. I just need it because I'm tired. If I have a hot drink, I'm but fine. You'll, you'll, you find if you make it at 10 o'clock at night, you don't tend to eat it. And then yeah, you've got well, it. true. So it takes takes your mind off it you see yeah because you might have you might have licked the spoon and that's enough you go oh wow because again um eating the natural chocolates or you know making a whole version of it satisfies you a lot easier a lot you don't longer. have to eat so much yes exactly it's a lot more filling yeah um whereas i tend to if i buy the good old dairy milk or, or whitakers i'll eat the flimmin whole block before i know it well, also the darker chocolate too. You can't actually eat the whole lot because it is so, you know, intense. So it's a good yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Secret uh, mission. I've got a girlfriend who makes the most amazing raw, decadent treats. So they're all good, like rich, dark cacao and full of antioxidants. Mm. Uh, they're really rich. But you can. The good thing is, you only have a little bit because you're satisfied, mm. so it's perfect. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll quite often make make a natural raw slice or something. Yeah. Um, I like I like to change recipes up. Like if I'm craving an afghan, I'll go okay, right. I'm going to make a raw food version. And sometimes they're um, they always taste good. Sometimes they don't look so good, so I yes. like those ones. <laughs> but. You know that it's good. It's good because, like you're saying, they're actually what your body needs, and you're satisfying that that craving. Exactly. Because most cravings are just in our heads. Let's be honest. That's right. Um, or we're bored, or emotionally yeah. feeling a bit like blah, so we want to make something to make us feel good. <laughs> but saying that, I mean, I I know for a fact I was one of those women that had. I say was because you know post-menopause kind of perimenopause I don't think it fits so much but would always crave something sweet during um pre-menstrual yes me too actually and so that it is it is a real thing it's not just in your head mm. um and as a pregnant person oh my god I used to have these cravings and you know what it is actually that chemical that progesterone when your progesterone's high mm. which is actually just before you get your period or when you're pregnant <laughs> Makes you crave sweets, or and, and usually it's it's a mineral or something that is um, lacking, and your body naturally will know what you need. Yeah, I, um, you know, things like chalk and and um, stuff like that. Chalk. But I, I used to crave. Yeah, it's it's a real common one. I think it's kind of the minerals. 
Ah, like the calcium or something. Mm. Well, you know what? Blueberries, that's why sweets like cacao is really good because it it ticks the box with the sweet thing, but it's also high in antioxidants and it's probably the antioxidants that you need more of in those times. Your licorice root as well, right? Yep, exactly. Um, Yeah, so listen to your body if you are having cravings but our advice is to have a raw version of it a raw yes. food version yeah um so i tend to do a lot more recipes and that kind of stuff mm. try and ad- ad- adapt them into the more natural yeah and um as you say you're a lot more satisfied exactly uh i know what i was going to ask you um going to talking about hot flushes with um menopause and stuff so about um, a chemical in our brain that can actually, um, our thermostat in our brain, right? That yes. Causes the, hot so pituit- so the pituitary gland at the back of our head is the one that um, helps us heat regulate. Well, it's our thermostat, basically. And so when we're going through uh, that time before we hit menopause, but it also happens post-menopause for some women, it actually gets a bit out of kilter. So particularly if you are a bit more thyroid uh, dominant or um, a lack of thyroid, you know, so lots of women that are on thyroxine or have thyroid issues, the pituitary gland is usually the governor of that. So it means you don't heat regulate as well. So you can get like hot during the, you know, you can have your flushes or flashes or whatever they call them during the day where you can just have the heat and it kind of like rises <laughs> and then it goes, or you could have your actual sweats at night, which is, you know, for some women, it's, you know, you've got to strip the bed off and you're dripping wet and completely, you know, having wow. a hot flush and then you get cold. I think I've had like two of those ever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when it first happened, I'd heard about them. And it, the first time I was like, I've got this like tingling down my spine. And then I was thinking, it's like I'm under a shower and I was kind of looking around going, maybe I, am, is there something wet on my back? And I was like, oh, I'm actually having a hot flush. Wow. <laughs> As I was going into Incredible. the bathroom thinking I'd just woken because I needed to go to the toilet. And then I realized, actually, I'm soaking wet. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so um, herbs for targeting the pituitary gland would help to balance that? Yep. So the herbs that do the pituitary gland and also the liver work the best. So milk, thistle, uh, things like turmeric actually work really well, even though that's a hot, (laughs) it heats you. Um, The other ones are like bacopa that works on that brain area and um, working on the stress or adrenal glands. So ashwagandha or withania, it's also called. Uh, Those herbs are all really good for supporting the balance between adrenals which is your stress hormones the liver so you can detoxify what's happening because that is important for that speed of which you're going to get rid of your hot flush and then also the pituitary gland which is at the back of your head so it's kind of a big picture like everything there's no one quick fix um Mm. milk thistle is definitely one of the ones that makes a big difference yeah well it's it's interesting because i've never thought of it before but i um I remember having this conversation with you before on it that I realised that my son, when he was a baby, he used to have fetal yeah. convulsions, and it's the same thing. It's an immature. Well, it's the opposite end of the spectrum. It's an mm. immaturity of of the pituitary gland. 
Yes. And they used to, when I, um, being a mother and seeing a um, febrile convulsion for the first time, oh, my God, it freaked me out. I, just, I thought he was dying. Like I picked him up and he was just all limp and blue around the mouth. Mm. And I rang, rang 111 and screaming down the phone, my baby's dying. And they were amazing and knew exactly what was happening. And they said, um, is he hot? And I said, yes. And they said, well, um, don't put him on the cold floor because that's going from one extreme to the other. So put him on a blanket and strip him down slowly and flan him on down until he his temperature came down. And he used to, he had a lot of them. And um, they said if he, usually there's a trigger in their brain when they, they reach the age of three, they just switch out of it. And for some reason, the brain can then regulate their temperature. And he had one up until about two months before he turned three. And I was freaking out thinking he was going to be a um, epileptic because the more they had over that age, the more they were likely to be epileptic. Yeah. But you know what? It was just a switch went off and mm. didn't have any more. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Which makes you wonder. Thing. Yeah. It makes you wonder then if, if those things flip, flip off again at that menopause time. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Yep. It's exactly the same, but in yep. reverse. So that's um, – and, and no one in the in the medical field knew how to control it. And I said, what are you talking about? Why why don't you know what's what, – this must be something. And um, I got the most from a naturopath who kind mm. of knew that, you know, don't, don't let them have any heating foods. And um, so, again, you know, you're going through hot flushes, don't have – chili in your, in your dinner yes. night and, or um, caffeine and wine glass of wine at night time you know yes. you, if you're heating if you're heating up we need to cool things down so um don't have ginger and spices mm. gonna, um go for cooling cooling foods so things like peppermint tea even though you go oh it's a stimulant but it's a cooling stimulant rather than, as opposed to coffee or even black teas a little bit here I did notice um, there was a time when I was having lots of chais and that's of course got your cinnamon cinnamon's actually a big trigger for hot flushes so it's got cinnamon oh I don't know what else it had in it ginger and um, all those yeah, spices all those and then when I stopped having them in the afternoon it the hot flushes stopped I didn't actually have hot flushes very bad but um I definitely noticed there was a big correlation to when I was having those chives and it, so it could also mean that you know we're talking about the liver that the, the liver could do for from a detox but also probably um need more alkalizing foods yes in our diet yep so a lot more greens a lot more um you know your cruciferous which are your broccoli and your cauliflower and Brussels sprouts and all those things are really good for alkalinizing. The lemon juice and water in the morning is really good. Blueberries are really good. Uh, what else? Are you are you are you one for um, reading? You know, you can get those little um, charts and you can measure your acidity in your body. Have you done that before? I haven't actually done that for ages. I, I did do that um, probably in my 30s when I, I, in hindsight, was probably going through PMT. Um, but I was trying to figure out what was happening with my hormones. So I did do pH strips. We had strips in those days. Um, 
And that's probably when I did start having the lemon and water. And I used to have a lot more greens then anyway. So it was kind of like, but I did have, you know, chocolate. So probably chocolate's my thing because it's sugar. It flips your system over. Mm. Uh, mm. That was pretty much the only thing that I have that's bad, you know, bad. Right. So explain to people why you would have lemon and water. What does that do? So people would, would say, isn't that acidic? Yes. So as you ingest it, you create the enzymes that then make it. Well, so it would seem to be more alkaline, which is not good for your blood. And then as it changes, it becomes more acidic. Was it the other way around? So it's actually... Other way around. Other way around. So, yeah, acidic and then it goes alkaline. So your blood stays more alkaline, which is anti-inflammatory and calming. And then it helps a lot of your processes going away. So, yeah, it's just to do with your digestive juices. Switch everything as it's trying to digest it. Yeah. Um, because other people have apple cider vinegar, don't they? Instead yep. of lemon. Lemon. And it's exactly the same, works exactly the same. Yeah. All kombucha um, actually works the same. Kombucha and sauerkraut work all the same because they all have that uh, enzyme that it stimulates. So getting going from the uh, prebiotics and the probiotics and all that kind of stuff, um, what's your theory on that? Because I personally don't think unless you're being sick or something, you don't really need... A lot more uh, maybe a little bit of probiotics but definitely not the prebiotics what are your thoughts well prebiotics are f- all your fibrous foods so it depends on how much of a whole food diet that you're eating so if you're eating everything from scratch and out of the ground then then you don't need to add anything in but basically your prebiotics are like celery broccoli skin on fruits and vegetables you know so you get it that's your your precursor, if you like, to feeding your probiotics, which are your bacteria. So the probiotics, if you've got an injured gut, so if you've heard of, um, what are they called? Um, leaky gut. Yes, leaky gut, thank you. <laughs> Just had a memory fade, um, which I did get from, a, I actually got a parasite. I picked up in some water actually at Waiheke Island. Oh, um, and it took ages to diagnose that that's what it was. But anyway, it meant that it had changed that bacteria in my gut. So I had too much of the bad stuff, if you like, and not enough of the good stuff. So I took extra probiotics for a long time just to get that balance right. Right. Um, and then the other thing too is your serotonin is made in your gut. So if you've got, if you're noticing that you're not sleeping at night, <clears throat> it may be to do with the gut health and your serotonin yeah. and my, microbiome. So for yeah. me at that time, um, my sleep was really bad. It was also stress and that's the other trigger from a, for a bad gut. So what came first, probably the, the bug, <laughs> you know, that I picked yeah. up and then it just triggered everything else. So, yeah, yeah, I do like taking probiotics, particularly um, as women go into the change of life because sometimes just that hormonal shift or change can upset the pH in the gut, which means you won't absorb your nutrients and you just need a bit more of a helping hand. And then also the other thing is if you're not being really honest about what you're eating. So if you're looking at anything out of a packet, it's going to have sugar and processed foods and da-da-da. And so... Without judgment, it's just like you know what you should have. Uh, and if you need more probiotics and prebiotics, then 
you know, women should have about 25 grams of fiber. If you're not regular, as in a couple of times a day, then you need to add fiber. That's your prebiotic. Uh, and that keeps all our intestines healthy because we should be evacuating regularly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, obviously, if you've been on antibiotics or medications or yeah. under a lot of stress, you should, should take a lot more um, probiotics. And, and it, you can't do yourself any harm by taking more. It just can be, you can kind of just flush them out. Yeah, really. exactly. And you'll know once, I think that's the thing, is trying to get in tune with your body so that you know when you start feeling really good all the time. It's like you can back things off, like not take probiotics. And then you'll notice if you're feeling like you're not quite on top of your game kind of thing. <laughs> which, which clients take? Clients tell me all the time going through menopause, but I think what what I tend to tell them going through menopause is that it, it's like your body's going through another stress, so you've got to now find your new normal again. Yes. And so like you're saying, we've just got to help it out and give it a lot more support. Yeah. And make make sure, you know, I, I will feel now that I know got my histamines under control, I can kind of feel that, you know, when you're almost going out a little bit out. Exactly. Sounds a bit, sounds a bit, you know, la la. But I guess I'm kind of naturally like that with everything in, in my body, with its whether it's skincare or whatever. Um, so then I will, well, I, I naturally won't feel like a, a wine if I'm if I'm kind of feeling a little bit out. Or I'll, I'll naturally, like I said before, I'll crave certain foods. Yes. So I guess I guess like broccoli. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I might just have a whole lot of it, you know, like, it's quite funny because I eat so much greens, if I go to someone's house and they just serve up a little bit of greens, I look at them like, what the hell, and I'll always go back for seconds of greens, yes. seconds yeah. and thirds, yeah. and, um, you know, I'll be like, my sister will be cooking and she'll go, oh, you know, she'll be counting two, two heads of broccoli for people, and I'll go, what? I'll eat that much. <laughs> Plus some. You know, it's quite... Yeah, and um, I, I will will have a full plate of veggies and then a little bit of meat if I'm having meat. Yes. Whereas most people, most people, it's the other way around. That's right. I always ask for. <coughs> I, I think restaurants have got a lot better now, but I always ask for seconds of veggies. Can you bring out more? You know. Yeah, or sides. You know, like over here in Melbourne, yeah. we have to order sides. Depends on what kind of oh. restaurant you go to, but you order your meal, and then you've got to check on the actual thing. To, you know it's what's it come with up. yeah so if it's not coming it with enough, me nuts. then i order either the, the salad or the broccoli or the whatever along the side days so yeah you said you know 30 bucks for everything now it's 30 bucks for a little bit of steak or something exactly oh. and a bit of beetroot sauce or something so yeah <laughs> well I, I i do find lucky enough to live in auckland and i do find that now we have so many versatile restaurants in fact uh, I do go out mainly for lunch more than um, anything. I, I love my girly lunches. Yes. And um, they do really cater for, for every diet. And yeah. especially when I, when I was going through all those, um, when, what do I call, I don't want to call them allergies, reactions, skin reactions. Intolerances. Um, intolerances, that's the word. I could get a grain-free, um, dairy-free, <laughs> meat-free, whatever, if I wanted to. Yep. And... But, yeah. um, 
it's become the norm now in Auckland. Is it like that in Melbourne? Yeah, Melbourne's very good. I think because lots of people dine out, you can pretty much order whatever you want. So if it's on the menu, you can pretty much adapt it. So I'll go in and I'll go, I'm uh, allergic and aphylactic to soy, but I'm also intolerant to peanuts and any lentils. So that kind of wipes out a whole menu kind of thing. So I'll just say, what can I have? They go, oh, we can make this with whatever, whatever. You know, so... There goes, yeah, you could never be a vegan, could you? No, that's why I am not. <laughs> so yeah. it's, um, So they're pretty good. They can do dairy-free, gluten-free anything free they you just got to let them know and yeah 90 percent of places are pretty awesome i'll even go to an asian fusion restaurant which is obviously soy based and they will make me a separate meal oh nice yeah oh so you're you can't even have a little bit of soy sauce or no, anything no I'm anaphylactic anaphylactic oh yeah and has that ever got that bad yes oh have you got like a pen twice yeah yeah oh when did so you that, find that, that out? Uh, once in Auckland, I actually had a soy coffee by mistake. And then I thought, oh, I don't feel so great. And it took a couple of hours that time. Uh, and then I've got a friend who's a doctor and I just phoned him and I went, I, should I find an ambulance? I'm feeling like I can't feel my tongue and I couldn't get off the bed. I couldn't get downstairs to um, tell my husband, <laughs> you know, at that time. I was like, I can't, I can't walk so he was like I don't know how to get you down the stairs to get you in the car to the hospital anyway we managed and they just went if you ever want to go to A&E and get seen straight away I've got it I'm having an allergic reaction straight in just talk just talk about your swollen tongue <laughs> well they could see because I actually ended up having it was a rash as well so the rash started first yeah. and then the blood you know anyway it was horrible and then I had it uh same thing, a soy coffee. I only had a couple of sips of this other one. I went, oh, I don't feel so great. So it was much quicker. And then I had left the meeting and then I thought, oh, I don't think I'll go back to work. I think I'm going to go straight to A&E. By the time I got to A&E, which was like 10 minutes away, I couldn't get out of the car. Luckily, a nurse was coming out and she saw me. She said, are you all right? And I went, no. <laughs> Wow. And then they just took me straight in. So yeah, scary, eh? And so, do you do you feel that your reactions got worse or better as you got older? Definitely worse. Uh, definitely worse. But I think too, when you don't have a food type, then you don't build up the enzymes that you would normally break down that food or or absorb that nutrients from that food group kind of thing. So because I don't have anything, it's too scary. Yeah. Oh yeah, but soy. I haven't had peanuts for ages. I don't know what I'd be like with that. Uh, but yeah. you just get a bit scared to have anything. Because they say that you can build up your tolerance, but if yes. it's that bad, you don't want to risk it, do you? No. Yeah. Let me tell wow. you, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's scary. Yes, right. but anyway, well, there we go. And we've um, covered our diet, really, haven't we? Yeah, um, and hydration, so I think that's the keys for hydration. I do have a coffee once a day, um, but that's it really, same as you. Yeah, probably. and I think I think what we should cover sometime is, you know, we kind of briefly talked about it, but constipation, we don't really want to get into full on that. But you know how you're talking about um, clients that it's quite um, common to hear their story that they're constipated and they haven't been for three days and you're like horrified. And they I think that's just, normal. I would just, my body would be in an agony. I don't think um, I'd be able to walk. 
Yes, same. But some but people have become their normal. That's right. Because it's their norm, they just think that everyone else is like that, but it's it's not normal. So there are really good things that you can do to make things more normal. Uh, yeah. And so that's a whole other discussion. So we'll we'll get yeah. into that another day and cover that off yeah. so that you can really improve that because it makes a big difference to your energy, but also skin, gut health. Everything. Everything. Everything, everything healthy is, is um, what comes in must go out, come Correct. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. it, that's funny that um, we've discussed our diet and it's very similar. Yes. And um, whereas in the spectrum of foods that you could eat, um, how we, we naturally eat um, for our skin and for our energy and for our health, and which is quite good. So Yeah, which um, ends up being good for our brain and our hormones. And that's our why heart. we're so young at heart, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, all right. Okay, so next week we'll discuss something else. <clears throat> but if you have any questions, let us know. And um, until until then, ciao. Uh, aloha. Bye. Bye. And there we go. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Holistic Conversations with Vicky and Bron on all things living well, being healthy, and having gorgeous skin so you can thrive and live with vitality. Follow the podcast on this platform if you enjoyed the episode and want to hear more. You'll be notified when we upload new episodes. If you loved what you heard, share and follow us on our platforms and drop us a note on what you'd like to hear more of. Until next week.